right, everyone. Yes. Ah. Ah. <laughs> uh, aloha. And welcome to Wisdom Dialogues with Hope Johnson, coming to you from, where are we? Hawaiian Sanctuary. You know, I, I, the, two places, the two places at the lounge today, we're in the lounge. Uh, we got moved over to the lounge. We couldn't be more stoked. <laughs> uh, so I'm at Hawaiian Sanctuary on Friday, and at home in Hawaiian Paradise Park on Mondays, and then there's also Hawaiian beaches. So it's like every time, Hawaiian, which one am I? (laughs) Which one of the three? So fun. Ah, yes. I'm, I'm so grateful that I have all these Hawaiian. That just occurred to me. All these Hawaiian names to choose from to attach to things and places Detroit sanctuary ah <laughs> uh, yes what one thing that um I can never share too much because it is so important and so often overlooked is that when you justify a concerned feeling, that's actually attacking yourself. So that means any kind of worry about someone's well-being, anything like that, any kind of concerned feeling. Um, concern over uh, uh, over how things are going to go in the world even, or someone just told you they have cancer or something, the concern does not need to be there in order for healing to happen. In fact, it is, uh, it is something that blocks healing from happening, prevents healing from happening because it's a, it's a self-doubt. Okay, you you can only have as much healing as you would allow for yourself. So if you're engaged in concern, I mean, it's one thing you feel concern and you notice, wow, I'm feeling concern. I must be wrong about something. There's no way I could uh, be in my same mind right now. Otherwise, I wouldn't be making an upset feeling for myself. Those things just don't go together. If you're in your sane mind, you're not going to be feeling upset. And it's not because of something that you perceived in the world. You use the thing you perceive in the world to bring that up, to bring it to the surface. That's all. It's not really the thing that that triggered you. You know, it's your feeling within. It's like you're using that thing as a device, something to justify it. Because in a world of cause and effect... Your mind is using these things to justify your feelings so that you stay distracted and don't look toward what's actually making that feeling.
Yeah, so in the infinite way, they talk about drop-off concern, and that what makes a healer is your reaction. When you hear something ne negative, if you have a negative reaction, then you're not being a healing influence on the negative situation. Yeah, well, it's a little, it, it's kind of like that, you know, um, what Bob is saying, like, like if you get a, if you get an upset feeling or a concerned feeling, um, you know, that means that you're not in a healing mode. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's also okay, you can say it that way. And also it's an opportunity for healing in that instant. So it's giving an opportunity for healing. And you can say also, when you're in a non-healing mode, you can say you're in concern, you're basically hurting your mind. It's not, um, it's not benign. It's also not something to be afraid of because the fear, it's also making it persist and hurting your mind more. So it's not something to be afraid of, but when you do sense that you're concerned, uh, you're feeling concerned, any, that, whatever the thing is in the world that you seem to be concerned about, all you have to do is apply reason to that and notice that that thing, even though it seems to be the cause of it, I mean, let's say um, you're driving down the road and all of a sudden uh, someone crashes into you and then you find out that they were wicked drunk and then you have a story about how you got hit by a drunk driver. You're attacking yourself with that, you know, for in order for that burden to be released. And, you know, the only reason people don't want a burden to be released is they think it benefits them somehow. Which is a total, it's total insanity, you know, because you can sense it if you, uh, if you look at how it makes you feel to hold concern, uphold concern with a thought, look at how that makes you feel. It's insanity to want to keep that, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but you think into the ego, it's really reasonable uh, you think that you need that, like somehow it's going to serve you, somehow it's going to be a benefit to you. You've heard people say that you, only, you, you, always, you always see exactly what it is that you need to see. You get the perception of whatever it is that you need to see. And, you know, it's in your seeing the way you take it that determines whether or not you're allowing healing for that thing. And here's, here's the thing that's really awesome, you guys. Like any time you ever try to heal as in your intention is healing, you succeed. You totally succeed. And no matter what it is, you know, you ask for that healing, it's automatically healed. You just, uh, you just will not allow yourself to see it maybe right then on the surface. And you know what? It's not up to you how long it takes for you to see it. That's not up to you. Just let yourself continue to open up in the moment and let the, all those things get taken care of for you. Because all your lessons are coming exactly as they need to. And you're not, you're not responsible for anything that you have a perception of yourself doing and you can tell when you take responsibility for having a perception of yourself doing things because for one thing if someone tries to judge the way you do things you feel defensive that's automatically a, a sign that you are identifying 
with that. You are identifying as a doer. So you know what? For me, when someone it seems like they're they're judging something that I do, I get that feeling of feeling judged and feel like, oh, thank you. Because what they're, what they're doing for me is bringing up something that I was not aware of. They're bringing up something to the surface to be healed. If I'm getting a reaction, I'm like, ah, oh, thank you. And, you know, I can be really honest with myself about it. I, uh, I'm glad if I'm getting a reaction. It's good. It's not a reflection on myself. And that's another thing that the ego likes to, uh, you know, kind of put out there in your mind as if it's a reality that it reflects on yourself if you react. That doesn't reflect on yourself. It can't. It doesn't touch you. You have never changed. You, you, you remain the decision maker always. You're, the, you're, you're always the decision maker. One of my friends um, asked me, he said, Hope, please tell me. He said, your teachings help me so much. They're really giving me support in this time. Please tell me that you don't smoke pot and that you have a clear mind. And, and I said, thank you so much. This is on YouTube. I said, thank you so much. I'm so glad you're enjoying my teachings. And I do enjoy smoking pot, as you put it. I really do enjoy smoking pot. And I must have a judgment about it. Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> I mean, it's like like whatever the perception is, it's just given to you so you can uh, bring things up. As soon as you identify as a doer, you're going to have to be defensive. So um, just, and it makes it to know that, and, you know, after working through it and basically working through it, what it means is a certain attitude with what you're perceiving. It just says you're you're at a certain attitude with what you're perceiving, right? You're 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 open to use it for healing. You're open to using that perception for healing. So, in every moment, you can be in healing mode, and you benefit from being in healing mode every moment. And the interesting thing is, when you get sensitive to the energies and how this feels to be like in healing mode and not in healing mode. You want to remain in healing mode. There's nothing more important than that. There's nothing in the world more important than that. So you're always willing to remain in healing mode because it feels so good. It's the best place to be. But you see how easy it is. And we all have our things, you know, like um, uh, something that we'll judge We'll use something to judge. Well, I, uh, you know, anyone who eats pizza with fucking ham on it is not my kind of person. They're probably full of shit or something. Everyone's full of shit. That's just how it is. Uh, You know, I said many times on Wisdom Dialogues, I'm not saying anything that's actually true. It's just pointing and people are picking up on those pointers and that's what's being the support. And you know what? I'm glad when someone sees something in me that kind of like knocks me down a notch in their perception. That's freaking awesome. Even if they feel like it makes me uh, a bad thing or whatever. I didn't get that 
perception at all from that person. After he, after I gave my response, he was laughing. He was like, well, thank you so much for doing what you do. <laughs> I think he tried to, but then he said he was a mystic too, and a mystic wouldn't do that. <laughs> so... I, I heard one story about about these uh, these guys, the real spiritually enlightened kind of tribal guys that lived out in um, like the Australian outback or something. They're just really focused and seeing through each through the patterns, you know, through their mental patterns, and they're just like really getting clear and enlightened and everything. And one of their practices is eating raw meat and only raw meat. <laughs> So the, so people around them are just like, how can they, how, how does that, and people are like, well, maybe I should smoke pot like hope, like maybe that'll get me, no, it's not like that, it's just not in the things at all, it's not in the things, it doesn't, it does not matter. <laughs> and I eat raw meat, I do it all, I got the yoga, I got the weed. I got spliffs, actually. Weed with tobacco. Not just weed, not just tobacco. Weed with tobacco. And I got the, and, and I got the, um, what else? Raw meat. Raw meat. Yeah. And the occasional mushroom or something like that. <laughs> I'm good to go. <laughs> but here, here's the thing about, uh, about things that we get afraid of, okay? Um, like I recently tried out some hop A and I was like, I like this shit. This is pretty cool. I like the vibe of it. So I ordered a bunch of it and now I have it in my house. And a friend came over and she goes, oh, yeah, I got to stay away from that stuff. I just like completely get addicted to that, to, to that stuff. And I go, well, you know, that's really impossible, right? You know, it's impossible <laughs> to get addicted to anything, don't you? And she goes, what do you mean? And I go, well, there, there's nothing there, for one, to get addicted to. So it has to be that it's a thought process. It has to be a habitual thought process that's making you get the perception that you're addicted to something. That's all. You're, you know, uh, what is this? What is this thing? What it, like, how do, you, how do you describe it? You're doing it and you don't want to be doing it. That's a mental pattern. <laughs> like, if it's like, damn, I hate this. Why can't I just stop doing the shit? <laughs> it could be anything. It could be anything. It could be food. It could be whatever. And, you know, it's, it, it's that judging mind that wants to judge it as something. You know, there's this too much, not enough, all this different stuff. And it's just like, if you could just let things flow in the moment without a preset, like what you have to have or anything like that, you know, like, like, like all my things are pretty easy. They're like easeful. Like when I go on a trip and, um, you know, there's, I'm not traveling around with my ganja. I, you know, I can just like have a trip and like not have any smokes on the trip. You know, it's like not a big deal. I don't need to go like go out and, oh my God. If it's there, fine. If it's there. And, the, and the funny thing is, this is kind of like the way that um, it, you can say your intuition speaks to you through the illusion. You know, like when I was walking around a 12-year-old girl and someone had some ganja, they were doing some bong rips, some other 12-year-old girls back, back then. And I had my first bong rip and I went walking down the street and I said to myself, this is in the world? I'm going to be having some of this stuff. <laughs> and I 
didn't, I didn't worry about how it was going to come. I didn't worry about the fact that it was illegal. I didn't worry about anything. It's, I didn't try to pursue it. It was just like always showed up. And that's a, and, and that's a thing. It's like you, you're drawn toward something and it's just showing up easily. That's obvious. That's, a, you know, your medicine, you can say. And that's anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that's uh, uh, considered what? I don't even know what the name of it is. Um, stimulant, said, I don't know. Well, I got addicted to cycling. If you want to call it an addiction. And it was my medicine. It was nice. what cured me from uh, my struggles with alcohol. Nice. Very disastrous to me. And then I found cycling and I just, I held on to it. It was like my, my fountain of youth, so to speak. Nice. And it was this place I could go to that's like, okay, I'm not at the bar spending all my paycheck. Like I get it. Well, bicycling is extremely expensive in its own right once you really get far enough into it. <laughs> but um, it was, yeah, it was my lifeline. It was my medicine. And, and people would be like, man, like, you really want to commute to work and then commute back home and then get on your bike and ride 40 miles after work and then on your weekends go and ride one. I was just like all about it. I was just like, yeah, this is exactly what I want. It's exactly what I need. And I stuck to it for as long as I needed it. Mm -hmm. And then when I was ready to release it, it just it released on itself mm -hmm. i didn't actually have to be like no i can't do this i need to stop i did it as much as i needed to and that took me across oregon and california and a bunch of really cool places i met a lot of cool people along the way but um yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yay hooray for that <laughs> Yeah, everything just comes up and it, it's like it arises and it passes, the little things. And, you know, some things, some things seem to last for a while and relationships all relationship too. It's the same like with people, like some of them were there for a long time. And some of them, you know, it's like uh, just being open, holding things with an open hand, you know, and, and like uh, uh, seeing where the joy is and going with the joy and then you're not going to be in a situation where you're like feeling like you're just like killing yourself you know oh god what am i doing all this terrible stuff or patting you on the back that you're so disciplined you know it's like you don't have a choice in that stuff it just it just is so automatic uh a lot of it does have to do with too whatever you're drawn to what you will allow for yourself too so, you know, some things that you would be drawn to, you may not be allowing to yourself, you know, you may not be allowing for yourself because you have some kind of a judgment about that um, or you have some kind of criticism of that thing. Here's the thing about, you know, the lessons are going to come no matter what um, and, and to see more through them and allow them to become more joyfully, you're invited to be open to whatever it is that you're joyfully called toward. And even in that, even in the illusion, you don't have to doubt your ability to be there, whatever it is that you, uh, that, that you are drawn toward or to, or to do that thing or anything like that, whatever it is that you're, you don't have to doubt your ability as far as whether you can, because that's your mind. Your mind is making it all up. Of course, you can percept, you can have any perception. So, you know, you know, you keep demonstrating to your own mind that you're capable of any perception. So it doesn't matter how outlandish it might seem to uh, to your mind you know um i know when i first picked up the harp i didn't have i never had any um any uh musical background except for playing ukulele when i was a little kid 
And I pick up the harp and my whole family was making fun of me. Like, I'm going to learn how to play the harp. Like, oh, yeah, right. Like, you're going to learn how to play the harp. And I'm just like, wow, thanks, you guys. You guys are fucking awesome. That's a good, re- that's a good reflection. No, oh, I can feel that. I'm like, a, like literally grateful to them. I'm laughing with them. Like, I get the harp. I don't even know how to tune it, you know. I'm sitting there kind of trying to screw, strum it and stuff. And, uh, and then the next thing I know, I'm taking lessons. And then, yeah, I'm playing the harp. <laughs> definitely but 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 it just it's and then and then there's not like i have to manifest myself playing the harp too because my my desires might change see the desires those joyful desires are always being led by spirit like that's where your joy is you can get your uh, lessons at any level you know between joy and fear you could say um but why not get them through uh, the most joyful, and that's always a, that's always a matter of what you would be willing to allow for yourself, not what you would be willing to go and pursue for yourself. That always because it's always changing. So you know the 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 doing, and the reason I say that is that the doing doesn't come from you. You let it be inspired. That's totally different. You know, when you're in pursuit of something on your own, and you know, whenever you feel like you're in this this pursuit, I call it pursuit because it's like a it's like a, a it's like a fast moving energy. Like gotta get somewhere, gotta get somewhere. It's not flowing freely. It's more of a forcing through. It's not allowed. It's not being allowed. And that isn't in the depiction of it on the surface. That's not in the, you know, you can't judge what you're doing as that. You may be moving really fast on the surface, maybe doing a lot of things on the surface. But it's like within, are you allowing the manifestation to just pl- take place or are you trying to do it and get a certain outcome? See? So that attachment to outcome is actually resisting what it is that you really want. You know, the things that you seem to desire on the surface, you don't really desire those things. That's a reflection of the desire to be whole. Okay, so those reflections of the desire to be whole, they're kind of pulling you in a certain direction or kind of calling you in a certain direction, but it doesn't mean that they all need to be made manifest. That's not necessary. All that's necessary is for you to get the healing that you need. You need a lesson through it. You need a lesson through everything that you're perceiving. And you get that lesson no matter what. Okay. Uh, now, as far as the amount of time it takes before you're done perceiving, before you're like, okay, I just don't have perception anymore. Everything is one. There's no... Um, illusion this illusion of separation i don't get the sense that there's a body here anymore and there's not and there's no illusion of separation how much time that takes depends on your willingness so you're getting all these lessons and it's kind of like they're adding up they're like gifts so for for a long time i don't know maybe millions of lifetimes you're in like this phase one kind of mode where you take everything that you perceive as if it's actually outside of you and think it's outside of you. 
and you're getting all these lessons, but you don't want them yet because you want to perceive as if the world is outside of you for a while. So it's like at this point, anyone who's coming to wisdom dialogues and find themselves that, that that's something that's interesting to them, mysticism, anything like that. It's like, we're all ready now to accelerate time. And a lot of us have been engaged in accelerating time for a while. So it's like making the time go faster. You need the time to play out the patterns. That's what you need the time for. The patterns are going to come up and the patterns are going to play out. When you don't have any more patterns to play out, because all your misconception has been purified from your mind, then you don't have to have a body. And you don't have to perceive people, your friends, as bodies. You don't have to pretend to communicate through bodies. See? That's only while there's impurities in the mind and the the impurities just stem from thinking that you separated yourself. That's all it is. And they come up and say, you're guilty. The world is doing things to you. It's impossible to have what I want. So with those worldly desires, anything that you desire in the world, that means a person, a place, a thing, a circumstance, you know, anything that you desire in the world, it's giving you kind of a direction that you can allow yourself to go to in your thought. And it's up to you whether you would allow it. A lot of people have a knee-jerk reaction just like, oh no, not me. Oh no, I can't do that. And you know, that tends to be a challenge and a struggle for everyone. And a lot of people don't even realize that they are struggling about it because we've made it so normal to just deny whatever it is that that's desired. We've been made it so normal for that. So we're giving we're we're given kind of like these stand in desires in the world, you know, um, like uh, cupcakes and, uh, you know, chips and chocolates. And, you know, it's like it's like this stand in kind of, oh, that, yeah, I just give me that like quick comforty kind of thing, you know. Um, and it's just like these stand in things. And it's like, uh, and, and you know, and then go and then the next day go all these guilty feelings. Oh, I shouldn't have eaten that thing. Oh, you know, uh, and that's the whole thing. That's the ego's whole trick. It's like, here, get what, look what happens when you get what you want. It's not even safe for you to get what you want. When you get what you want, look, you get hurt. (laughs) It keeps this like limited kind of, uh, where where it's like, oh, yeah, this guilty, people talk about guilty pleasure. One of my friends who comes over, um, she just started popping up my house. It's so cute. She's like a little fairy. She comes over, and um, we could stop talking about ganja. And I was like, oh, yeah, I smoke splits. And she's like, oh, you're a smoker? No way. And she she goes, can you roll one for us? 
And I was like, okay. So I roll in and, and then um, she asked me, she's like, hey, can I trade you some food? Because she makes food. Can I trade you some food for one of those spliffs? And I'm like, sure. And uh, she, and I noticed she calls it a guilty pleasure. And I was like, mm, very interesting. Very interesting. You know, I don't correct a person if a person wants to call it that, but just in um, us noticing, whenever we're noticing that with awareness, that, oh, no, that's not guilty at all. There's nothing guilty about it. You know, you make it into something like that. Um, there's no guilt with with real pleasure. Yeah, it's kind of like an oxymoron. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's not pleasurable if it is guilty. Uh huh. <laughs> That puts a damper on it. <laughs> it doesn't sound good to be judging yourself for something while you're doing it. <laughs> That's pretty. And, I, you know, I've seen that, too, where, you know, someone at, over at Kaleo's will just be like, um, oh, my God, I, and they're ordering a cheesecake. And while they're ordering it, how they're so guilty. And even using the word guilt. Like, it's just so normal. And the husband will be like, it's okay, babe. You've been eating well these past two weeks. You've been eating really lean or something like that, you know? And it's like, that just like drills it in even further. You deserve this because you've been suffering for the past two weeks. I saw this, I saw this one meme, I saw this one meme and it said, uh, uh, switch, switch from coffee to green tea to, to eliminate 87% of the joy you have left in your life. <laughs> things the cupcakes the whatever the spliffs whatever they are meant to be enjoyed and you know and they're useful in awakening the mind when they're being used for that purpose they're not going to be too much or not enough they're not going to be that to you they're not going to be something to punish yourself with they're not going to be something to distract yourself with and that was one thing that i noticed about the first time I ever smoked marijuana when I was um, when I was 12 years old, it was like it it cut helped me cut through the distractions. That's why I was like, oh my goodness, this is how life really is. Like I've been mistaken, <laughs> you know. I was like, oh wait a second, what have I been thinking? And it's just like it, you know, it, it's and and different different things have that kind of. Uh, uh, impact. I, you could say that's like the way it's communicated or the way it's taken or whatever. And, you know, some people can just smell it and be all traumatized and be like, no, don't get that stuff close to me. Mm-hmm. And that can change all throughout the lifetime. You know, none of these relationships have to last the whole lifetime. Some of them are j- just come up really fast. I mean, my relationship with meth was really fast. I was like, I don't know. Short, couple short spurts at different times. Once when I was like fourteen, and then again when I was eighteen, and then it was like never a fucking again. After that. <laughs> I mean, and and you know the thing is, it's like I don't even maintain a strong stance in that, even though it doesn't sound attractive to me. I still maintain an openness of the, in that, like as in if I'm guided to it. And, you know, I will do anything that I'm guided to. I'm open to doing anything that I'm guided. If you're guided. Have a meth party, send me a little text. Yeah. <laughs> if a meth party comes up, I, I will remember you. 
<laughs> yeah. Thank you. Right. <laughs> I know. I get plenty of offers from people to come over and do all kinds of things with them. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> hey, we're doing this over here. Hey, let me see what you think about this over here. I did a whole show on ayahuasca when I did ayahuasca. I did a whole two-hour show on it. <laughs> You could look it up on YouTube. That one's not on the uh, recorded, the audio recorded one. It's on YouTube. It's called Ayahuasca if you want to look it up. Um, so you go full, full board? Well, I was just coming back, so I was a little bit still with the Ayahuasca vibe at the time and just like, um, you know, feeling into that whole epic experience. She did everything. I did everything. Like, you want this? Me. Like, yeah. you would call up another cup? Me. <laughs> <laughs> More hoppe? Yeah. yeah. Oh, some, fro- some frog medicine? Oh. That was just hilarious. You know, what, you, know what, you know what just occurred to me? And it was so funny because it was meant that I didn't remember this in the time. But I was offered this frog medicine. And I'm just like, you know, I was, I was up the, a whole night the night before because the shaman decided that I need a whole shitload of medicine. So I'm, I'm there and I'm, you know, I'm like having fun. I'm feeling like not high or anything. And, um, and all of a sudden, the thought occurs to me, is it possible that I'm really fucking high on ayahuasca and I don't even know it? <laughs> and then after that, everyone leaves, everyone goes and goes to eat. And the next thing I know, I lay down and, whoa. And I stay up, I'm on that all, the, all, the whole night, the whole night, I'm just in a different realm. At one time, I had to go to the bathroom. I'm like, where is that server? They have servers to take you to the bathroom. But I'm getting my whole ceremony after the ceremony. <laughs> There's no server. I don't even know how I'm going to make it over there. Is it like a delayed reaction or something? I don't know. It was just, what, what, it was just awesome, though. It was really awesome. So it's, it's morning, and what do I know? I walk in there, and there's the shaman first thing in the morning in the kitchen. And I'm like, so you think I should do that? frog medicine after I'd just been up all night <laughs> he's like yes yeah. I think you should you need it and I was like well okay uh, and uh, and so I I do the frog medicine it was the funniest thing because I couldn't barf everyone's barfing it's the thing to do it's the thing you're supposed to be doing the shaman is worried about you if you're not barfing so uh, so you know the the, bar- the barf isn't happening Anyways, it turns into this whole thing where I get all this attention, which is awesome, which I love. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about it. I, was, <laughs> I had four people on me. That was really awesome. <laughs> but, but, you know, that was like not. And then I remembered my friend who's uh, Ayurvedic. She said she was going to be Ayurvedic treatment. She's like, one thing you do not need is vomina. You don't need that. It's like not in something that you need in your energy. Like you're not mucusy, and basically all this mucus is coming out of all these people, like all this mucus. And 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 it was funny because it just occurred to me today because I talked to her today and a flashback of that because um, my son mentioned something. Where what are you going to do, mom? Go take some frog medicine this weekend. <laughs> That's what the flashback came to me. <laughs> and, and I and I go, hey, oh. Interesting, because my friend Molly told me I don't need that kind of medicine because I don't have a bunch of phlegm in me to like like vomit out, and and yet there I am 
with that medicine, it was like something completely different for me. It was so not about vomiting at all. It was just a completely different thing. It was just like, it, it's like we get these illusions and we forget, forgive them. We get these illusions, we forgive them. And the thing is, you get these illusions like something's wrong. Like even in the moment, it doesn't matter what kind of substance I'm under the influence of. My mind is focused on healing. It doesn't matter what it is that is influencing. It, it's just that's how it goes. That's a, because it's, a, it's something that's been practiced over time. And that's why I say time is your friend. That's what it's for. Um, that in the moment when I had to go to the bathroom and they're like I was schlepped over someone because I could barely walk. And I was schlepped over like this. And I thought we were just having a walk and it was all good. And then she's like, hope, hope, come back. Kind of like, come back, come back, come back. Look at me. Look at me in the eyes. Breathe, breathe, breathe. And I'm like, looking at her, like, why is she saying that stuff? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh. And, and you know, the, the uh, draw in that is to think that something is wrong. It's like, like, it's like, like it's an emergency, like something's wrong. It's like, oh, oh, hello. You know? Okay, let's continue our walk. Like, I don't mind fainting either. Fainting needs to happen. That's fine. I've had that experience before. It's pretty fun. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just that there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, um, when we're afraid of something, then that's when we get in resistance with that. And I noticed that with teens. You know, people are so afraid of getting like a cold sore or acne or something that's going to make the people look at them a certain way and think they're a certain way. And they make that up. They make that thing manifest. I saw my son go through it, you know. It's like that would be the worst thing for people to think you got cooties, you know, to get a cold sore on your lip. Trust it's like, yeah, there's all this stress, right? <laughs> and then it's like coming out of this. It's like, damn it, why do I have to always, ah, uh, ah, uh, go around with this? Yeah. And then, and then one day, it's kind of like, you know, there's been a lot of shifts. I've seen a lot of shifts in him. But one day, it was like, you know what? I don't even give a shit if I have something on my lip. It's like, I don't even care anymore. And then his... Things just gone. It's fear of rejection too. Yeah. If you're afraid of rejection, people can sense that, and then you come at people with like an anxious, sort of nervous energy. Mm -hmm. You don't initiate in a way that is grounded and, and, and strong and confident, and then it comes back and it doubles back on you. Exactly, and they seem to be treating you wrong too. They're, they 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 it, it makes it like they seem to be treating you wrong, like they're doing something wrong. Michelle, what a blessing. Thank you for joining. Oh, yay. It's so good to see you. Thank you. Yeah, I just thought of you today. I saw you join Telegram. That was it. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, that's a, that's a, that's a thing. So so pe for people for for people who don't know Michelle, for people who don't know Michelle, Michelle is um she was when I was into activi activism, 
you know, at least from my perception, it was kind of like Michelle was over there on the Kona side, and then I'm over here. I'm over here on the Puna side, <laughs> and we're like rallying up the uh, the peeps. We're like doing some stuff, and uh, we're talking. We're talking to each other, and um, and having all. Uh, and the first time I met Michelle. I was um, doing a book signing over on the Kona side. She was doing a book signing there too. And she spoke, I think you spoke before me or something like that. (laughs) Isn't that so fun? Maybe, I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I just love Michelle. This is like, this is like the new kind of activist here, you know, like this is a, this is a very different and I could see why I was called into it too. Cause it was a, a totally different vibe, um, with these kind of leaders, like, like, especially Michelle, you know, she's so tuned into what's the underlying issue. You know, like, the, what's the underlying one problem <laughs> that there is? One problem that seems to be making all these problems here on the surface, you know? Um, and, and you know, she's a, she seems to be really busy to me from my perception. Um, I, I get her emails. She's always calling people to, to action and on the move and doing th- different things. And, man, I know how that is. And thank you. Uh, that is, that is so awesome. I know the feeling of that and the excitement and all the energy and, um, and thanks. That's, <laughs> I, I, tell, I, I do the Hawaii Freedom Actions. So back in, um, uh, uh, August of 2020, well, before then I started up, when this went down, I was, I've been a health fitness expert for 20 years and this COVID thing got me for two weeks. And then I was like, this mask isn't, isn't about health, and this hand sanitizer putting poison on your hands is not healthy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, long story short, I put together a health summit with Peggy Hall, and I live streamed it with about 30 people at Kahaluku, and nobody would rent to us because it was uh, couldn't have more than 10 people. Mm-hmm. So we had 30 people at Kahaluku, and we were live streaming Peggy Hall and Mary Brewer. Um, about the health, about health. It's called Hawaii Health Summit. And I put ads out, we, and so um, we did two hours of Kahalulu and talking about health. And I, one of the first things I said was, the numbers of the regular flu have killed more people than COVID every single year for the past six years. So I thought, this is the lowest flu deaths in the history of the islands. And I was like all excited about it. And so, anyway, two hours later, no cops came until we stood up to do hule, prayer, right? And we stood up and we held hands, and as soon as we held hands, I saw a cop car come in, and I just was like, okay, just ground. And um, we, uh, by, the, by the time, 15 cop cars showed up, street, like flying down the E-Drive like there was a murder. And by the time, 22 cop officers, by that, by that time, there was 12 of us. Oh my God. And we were just like saying, and they had their masks on, and none of us had a mask on, and they were saying, you guys are supposed to be honoring your constitutional oath to support the independent constitution. You know, what are you doing? And um, they just started walking toward us, and they grabbed 
five people, four people, because one person had already been arrested, Jean Tomashiro, for telling them that they were out of their jurisdiction. So anyway, long story short, about five, six months later, all um, one of them did a plea bargain because she was afraid and didn't want to go through the court system, so she did a plea bargain, but the other four stood their ground and said, we are sovereign, we did nothing wrong, you are out of your jurisdiction, and all four got all charges dropped. Uh -huh. They have like five different charges, the same number, the same, the same, the same number, but five different times. Uh, because it's an emergency proclamation anyway. So that went down in August of 2020, and then I had this list, so I, that I started doing Hawaii Freedom Actions. Contact the governor, contact the representative. So the last one I put out uh, yesterday was about um, parents, contact, uh, write a letter and, about your Kiki's experience with the masks, send it to the governor, the lieutenant governor, your mayor, uh, and I always send the email so you don't have to look it up. It's like, this is who to contact. They're all the medical boards, all of their emails, the Department of Education, um, and, uh, and what happened was, I don't know if you know, but, but um, Brandy, who's just a mom, her daughter was having major health issues with the mask, and she went to a doctor, Dr. Matt, in uh, Luloa, and he gave her a letter saying, yes, these health issues are mask-related, because the school was like, we need, a, we need a letter from the doctor saying this is mask-related. Mm -hmm. And uh, she met with the mayor, along with her own letters from other parents that she knows, and she met with him for like over an hour and showed him the letters, and showed him the letter from Dr. Matt, and our mayor, the guy the mayor is supposed to be meeting, the governor and the um, uh, department, uh, the director of the health department, um, uh, sometime soon and showing the letters. So that's why I was like, parents, get your letters to the governor now because yeah, it's more, more powerful. Yeah, you're on it. So that's nice. what, just, uh, if you guys want to be on that list, it's activism. It's just steps I give you that we can do together. Fun, thank you. And the main thing is that you're having fun, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I don't know if you've been, you, you've heard wisdom dialogues before online or anything like that. So, so basically one thing that I share that's really helpful to, uh, especially when you're in an activism kind of role and it might not seem helpful, it might not seem helpful right away, but you know, you can um, open up to it is it does not matter what you do. Like, nothing that you seem to do in the world will make any difference whatsoever. And, and leave it like that. Because your mind is making all illusions, not the doing. And in fact, you're not doing anything. You're never capable of doing anything. Like, even when you think you made a choice to do something, that choice came from another place. And, it, and it's a choice that you, you could say you made that choice for, for yourself from a different perspective, not the perspective that you think you have here, but for healing your mind. So whatever it is that you have, you get a perception of yourself doing in that feeling like you have to get some kind of an outcome. That's exactly where the compassion just needs to come in. The compassion just is allowed to come in there. And you can hold everything so lightly like it doesn't it, you know it's it just it's just playful you could play with it and you could see you know it, and you know 
I love to I love to dip my fingers in and just check things out. So when the when the whole thing came down with all that mask stuff and, and all that stuff, and with my legal background, I was just like, and I didn't see anyone stepping out yet. And I was just like, well, I'm just going to go check this shit out. So, you know, and I played with it myself so I could speak from experience, you know. I found myself um, in all kinds of different situations where it seemed like I was getting confrontational or anything like that. And really in allowing myself to see and to apply reason to the situation, which is that none of this stuff is meaningful, then it allows a connection within that action. It allows a certain connection within that action. It just kind of like lights it up, you know, it kind of like puts a little fire behind it. And I noticed like, you know, just like, like the excitement with things and, um, you know, getting, getting people energized and, and excited about it. And, you know, it didn't even matter to me if people were energized or and excited about it. I would just go and like make my pamphlets, run around, different places. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Michelle would give me some pointers sometimes. Write me. You know, they, something must be up. She's just cruising in here with no mask, and she's just like, hey, everyone. And, and you know, like, hey, what? you know, just like not a, not a thing, not a problem, you know. And, and it's just like, uh, it's it, it just to bring the fun into it. And that's what also what it helps energizing people, too, is bringing the fun. And it's like, not like um, you, you, you have to do stuff. See, the thing is, that's another thing that comes up in activism is like there's this sense that we need other people to do stuff with us in order to make a difference, too. And just that energy in and of itself is a certain kind of energy that kind of makes people go like this, kind of makes people close off. Some people are like, yeah, because they're tuned to that. Yeah, rah, 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 rah. Yes, we should all be doing this. But other people are going to be like the fuck away from me please don't talk to me uh it's just because there's a certain kind of energy about it and it's the energy of obligation and it's the same kind of thing that that you know it's the same kind of energy like you're obligated you should be wearing masks to protect your kuleana and be getting a vaccine to protect your kuleana it's just obligation it doesn't matter what it's about so you could apply it to the same thing like you're obligated or trying to put an obligation on yourself to even be active, you know, that's the thing. And I, and it's not like I'm trying to discourage people from activism. That is just going to automatically show up exactly where it needs to show up. Everyone who's got that kind of uh, uh, resonance within, within them and they have that kind of power, like, you know, some of us have a kind of a uh, a gift of uh, maybe organizing people together or being charismatic or whatever, stuff like that. Um, you just, and, and it's fun and exciting. You just get called to something to just get called to something and just let yourself go to it. Like for me, you know, I've been, I had been uh, having wisdom dialogue since 2014, right? Basically the whole time, the world is not real. And then the next thing you know, here I am in activism. Some people were confused. They're like, 
why are you doing that if the world is not real? And it's like, I don't know. I'm watching the show unfold just like you are. (laughs) Number one teaching for me, make no attempt to analyze yourself. (laughs) Why are you doing that? I don't know. (laughs) But it sure is fun. You know, (laughs) while it's fun for me, I'm probably going to be drawn to it. You know, I've been uh, really focused in on the switching the goal to like what the actual goal is, which is to see through and see the innocence and like to you know, the holy instant, yes, the holy relationship, and the holy right? Relationship. And I'm just watching how like that change in the goal and and. God damn the like I also call it like spiritual warfare that's been going on internally around my ego trying to combat that goal. Oh yeah. It's a dangerous goal. And like I'll sit there and just like pray, pray for clarity. Well it's like like shit show everywhere and because it wants so badly to defend the former goal, which was to get something in the world, to have Mm -hmm. something, to be something, to like, well how am I supposed to ever get these needs met if I'm not clear about what they are? And And what about when you get old? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And like constantly having to go back, I'll notice that the shitstorm will go on for like between thirty seconds and thirty minutes, and then like and sometimes so hard that I'm like, whoa, fuck! And it's like my stomach's all crazy, and like people are looking at me, my roommates are like, what's going on with you? So I'm just like, <laughs> seriously. And then like what comes is this place of just like. When, when the goal is to be moved through, when it's just like, show me. Show me, like, unconditional loving in the street. Show me how to accept what's in front of me as reality and to be like, that's what's supposed to be happening. It's just, yeah, it's feeling like the, there's so much relief in that, even though there's so much turmoil for the relief scene. <laughs> but then the relief comes and it's like, ah, oh, there's like nothing I want here. Like, yes. Like, oh, yeah, thank thank goodness yeah. I can see that there's nothing I want here. Like everything's going perfectly. Yeah. Everything's going awesome. And if it, and I don't and I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know if it's going perfect, so I just shut up. Like, <laughs> right. I wouldn't know. Like what I think is going well is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a it's the it's the fact that whatever is coming up is exactly what you need. That's what's awesome about it. It's like it. What it's what you need. Like, even just trying to go, it's awesome because of this, or because of this, or because of this. It's just always awesome. It's exactly what you need. You're on tech support for five hours. It is what you need. I speak from experience. Just knowing it, it was what you need. I even had the one that had the music. It made me think, man, is that like the cabal that told them to play that music to people so they can, like... Just feel really shitty while they're on hold. <laughs> like, is that okay? Yeah, like, what is... Okay, person comes on the phone, I'm like, how do I get off of your service? <laughs> you, you, you might not know it, but your, your hold thing is terrible, and it lasts a really long time. <laughs> so are mosquitoes, like, tapped in then? Because I've noticed, like, they tend to, like, target certain people in groups. Yeah. I tend to be that target. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. 
So. Yeah, you, you, you know, the, the mosquito is not outside of yourself at all. In fact, your body isn't, your body isn't uh, what you think it is. So it's not like, it, it's not like you're um, attracting a mosquito like that. It's not like you got maybe some pheromones or whatever attracting. <laughs> you could probably prove that on the surface if you start looking for stuff like that, because that's the way it works. But, um, but really, what's going on is you're projecting the body and the mosquito for that sensation, for that experience, and it's all useful. So I want the mosquitoes. It's, it's because it's you useful. Be I want to be attacked. By <laughs> <laughs> well, you could choose to see it as if it's attacked too. Okay. You could choose. You could choose to like see it as attack. You or you could choose your chosen one. Or you could choose. <laughs> <laughs> I am the or chosen one. You could choose me to study and research why it's happening to you, yeah. and then I could pretend to save you. That's good. Yeah, he's that's a bee. Really he's I a want. bee, dude. That's a fun. That's a fun way to spend some money. I I like that way. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything, anyways. But we're we're all playing with these magic tricks, and you know we're truly powerful. So it's it's like it's like yeah, why not play around with stuff like that? But the the body and the bee are both projected from the same mind or mosquito. Um, uh, they're both projected from. <laughs> Was it bee or mosquito? Did it switch? Probably yeah, both. It went to bee, Anything. Fire ant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah. So, so the that's both projected by the same mind. It's to get a reaction. So, so you you become really grateful for any kind of sensation that you get of a bite of any kind because that is to bring something up. And you know what I noticed over time. I guess I don't really notice the mosquitoes. I don't know, um, but I don't seem to get mosquito bites. Um, but I went through a, a, a period where I got lots of fire ant bites, and um, and realizing how good medicine they are. In fact, I had a I had a masseuse come over, and, and we worked outside. And I said, I said, yeah, there might be some fire ants out there. And, and are you okay with it? She's like, oh, yeah, that's total medicine. Mm. And then as soon as she said that, it was kind of like I felt my experience with them, too. I was like, oh, yeah, that's how I see that, too. Total medicine. And, in fact, when I did a retreat, um, I was leading a retreat for seven days. Every day when I went to my drawer to get my yoga pants out to sit for meditation in the morning, there were fire ants in my pants. And every day I forgot that there would be fire ants in my pants. And, and, and as soon as I got the first, first bite, I would be like, oh, thank you. What a blessing. You know. I've noticed for me the mosquito, the way out it seems to be is to just breathe through the itchiness and the stingy and all that sort of stuff. And that's kind of in line with my attention as well as a lot of times like I forget to just be conscious of breath. And I get right. forward thinking or past thinking, stuff like that. But it seems to be like, okay, now I'm getting attacked by him or whatever is happening. I'm getting projected. I'm projecting them to attack me. Yeah. So, so basically, it, it reminds me to breathe. yeah. So when you get the, when you get the thought that you're being attacked by them in that moment, that's attacking your mind. That's attacking your own mind. That hurting, that's hurting your own mind because... It puts you out there as if you're something vulnerable that can be threatened by something in the world. See, we're not vulnerable. We're not vulnerable to any kind of threat. 
And that was it. And, and that was a big thing, you know, with the, with the fire ants. It's like, uh, it's like, I know I put them there and whatever it is going through that, it's not going to be a big thing. That was something that I learned too in Vipassana, but the Vipassana meditation, you know, I was in August in a tent down Pohoiki Road, places now taken out by lava, but there there were so many mosquitoes that August. It was all rainy and wet and everything, and I learned that there's major um, gifts in that just sitting still and allowing something to just fly on you. You're totally aware aware of it. It bites you, and then it goes away. And I just like, like, can I sit still through that? And the first time I was like, oh, yeah, that's not a big deal. You feel a little stinger come out, stings you, and then it flies away. And, um, and, and, and one of the teachings was no itch is eternal. Like what we're, what we're going for here, our goal is eternal. It's an eternal goal. Um, so why mess around with the temporary? You know, why mess around trying to? swat the temporary away or something like that and it's not to be like okay you can never swat that thing away i mean like if i have a mosquito on me one right now one lands on me right now like maybe it's on my head i might just go like that or something and flip it off flick it off um none of that is even is even any kind of issue what you do with it you know whether or not you do this or that whether or not you pretend like this thing's meaningful we're all pretending there's nothing meaningful here. I remember Hinalo Street. Yeah, that was some good times. <laughs> That's where I used to live, the street that went under lava. It was known as Lonnie, Lonnie Puda Gardens. The whole, uh, what is it called, the subdivision? The whole subdivision is covered by lava. Hinalo Street is gone. It was the most beautiful street I ever saw in my life. So beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep and and uh and and what fun too that everything that we perceive here is temporary you know that it is changeful that these bodies are just moving through these bodies are not eternal you know so so we have really have no time to uh waste making these bodies into something, making it into, I need, I need that person to do something for me. I need that, that, I need that from them. I need this support, you know, um, for a while there, I was thinking I needed to support because I had this kind of like pressure, um, or you could say like a burden on my heart to share with people. And I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how I was going to start or anything. And I felt like I need support. And I remember just walking down the street, walking down Hanala Street, and just feeling so upset because I didn't know how or where my support was going to come from. It didn't seem like my husband was very supportive of it. I mean, who knows? Maybe he thought I was a fucking idiot and he didn't want me to go around and talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and and there weren't pe- there weren't other people, and I was hoping my daughter would be supportive, and then she wasn't. And then it just came to me in one big flash that none of that stuff matters. And I don't actually have to find myself sharing about this stuff at all. It's the desire for it 
that that's just a it's just like inspiration look over here look over here look over here and it's just like playful and in not and, and in not minding we only just like get in get in our own way we like step in front of ourselves and say no you can't do that um or there's not enough of this or there's not enough something and i don't mind not the thing is just not minding not doing it like if it doesn't occur like i got the calling last year and i had no idea aloha i had no idea i would get called to activism i had no idea that was so freaking foreign to me um but i was called to no wisdom dialogues and it's like okay and there was like this like almost like where's the wisdom dialogue there's almost like this sense of whoa what's going on here and then the next thing i know something else comes fills in only for a time i have no idea how long this is going to go on i have no clue when i'm in it i'm telling my people every week i'm like hey you guys you know you start to get that thing like go hope go hope and hope's your savior and all this kind of stuff you guys you know i could just like drop out any minute <laughs> like i just get the guidance and i'm like boom later on everyone um you know and and it and people see that too and they go wow you can allow that much freedom for yourself yes you know why cuz when i follow my guidance that's when i'm completely protected i'm protected from i'm prote- protected from conflict I'm protected from feeling guilty. I'm protected from uh sickness, injury, everything. I'm protected from the police. I'm protected from uh pretending to have to wear a mask or anything and um uh and I'm protected protected from everything that I need protection from, let's say. Um and 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 you know all that is all that is is uh uh is is um the the love allowing the love of god to be guiding in every moment allow yourself to receive that and that worthiness to be guided and go with your guidance in every moment so then i can't be questioned so i have this really fun fun friend and i really appreciate this friend it is a, a really i appreciate all my friends and this person is bringing in some um really fun stuff you know she keeps on trying to convince me and i'm allowing the space for her to um try to convince me that i should be doing what she thinks i should be doing because it just feels so good you know and, and she she wants to understand how can it be that i don't feel concerned enough about the predicament that she's talking about that i move to action you know how can it be how can it be um and and you know in the opportunity for sharing cuz she's open too cuz she's like Jesus like a bunch of my friends like pretty much my whole community listen to Steve so what the fuck are you <laughs> like why why don't you just do this thing that i want you to do i really think you should do this thing that i want you to do um and and i i'm like yeah the guidance just isn't there right now i don't have any reason why um uh, why I don't want to do it. I don't mind you asking me to do it. You're welcome to ask me how to do it in all your different ways that you want to ask me to do it and I'll let you know if the guidance changes. Yeah. How about that? It's almost like the energy for me what I've been experiencing is now that I my mind doesn't believe that it can like in a this is all whatever metaphor but in the past my mind thought that it could make me do things mm-hmm. and now that I've wedged a crack so big in that the ego can't repair it in the moment and so i actually physically cannot do anything i don't feel inspired to do that perfect having experience though so people are like why didn't you do this or can't you? and i'm like literally i can't if it's not something that i'm guided to in the moment the 
the energy to even think clearly enough to somehow get up out of the chair to move <laughs> feels like an ocean of impossibility so vast that I'm like... It seems like you have to work so hard to get over there. There's no way. And I'm like, I, like, I, wanted, I want you to be happy, but would you carry me on your back to wherever that is? Like, yeah. It's like, I don't know, even know how to get there. So, you know, maybe the past, but it's that, that place has been really humbling. Well, it's not up to you how you move anyways. Yeah. And so, you know, it, you're always you're always getting these kinds of experiences so that you can have so you can demonstrate to your mind that you don't have to. Yeah. You not only do not have to, but you're not capable of it. That yeah. is That's really like I am really yeah. not capable of it. Yeah. And there's like surrender in that where I'm finally like that part of my ego that thought it was doing making decisions and doing things is now like it's like, I don't think it works this way. And it's, it doesn't yeah, work that way. Like you find out that it doesn't work that yeah. that way. Like my husband will ask me, um, hey, how come you bought eggplant on Sunday and then you never cooked them all week and now they're all like rotty and stuff like that. And I, I go, well, on Sunday I was inspired to buy the eggplant and then all week I wasn't inspired to cook the <laughs> eggplant. <laughs> and that's it. My husband's just like, oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. so yeah, it, it's so it's so simple. But we've been so conditioned to the other way of doing things over millions of lifetimes. We've been so conditioned to a different way of doing things, like there is obligation, like there is a such thing as wasting food, for instance. You know, you're gonna have to trudge through that thing because. People are starving in China or something like that, you know? And it's like, unless you can ship that shit over to China, it really isn't making a difference. Um, and, it, and it's not making a difference anyways. You know, like, it, I'm sure if there was a way that the food could get to someone in China, then it would get there, you know? Uh, but if you have a perception that it's not getting there, it doesn't need to get there. That's why. That's the reason why. It doesn't need to. Whatever needs to occur, that's what's possible to occur. Whatever needs to occur. Yeah. My sister's been really angry at me because I feel like I maybe feel like you're, I don't give a shit about the vaccine. Perfectly honest, like you don't even have to you don't even have to um think about it that much you just notice what your guidance is you know you know you don't take your guidance from cues from other people and say hey if you care about me you'll do this my one friend uh told me uh if you love me you'll do this and you know it, it's like it's like well you know and my friend was asking me uh, it, well, what do you have to say to that? If you love me, you'll do this. And I go, well, you got a little bit of a confusion on what love is there because, you know, love is not conditional on anyone doing anything. So that's like a really different interpretation of what love is. To me, that is not love. That's actually hatred. 
<laughs> because it's saying that you're, you're not worthy of love as you are right now unless you do this thing for me. Or if you do this, you're not going to be worthy of love. I know a lot of kids go through that. Their parents, they think if they do this certain thing, they're not going to be worthy of love. My daughter, who's 29 years old, um, was just experiencing some of that when I was visiting over in Las Vegas. She was coming up with these ideas that I would be so disappointed in her. Um, you know, she was like, I told the story before, but I'll just do a quickie of it. She was a designated drunk driver, right, in, in, uh, in, in Las Vegas because, um, you know, she was like the one that was like felt confident that she could do it. Um, so she was definitely, she was the one who's the, um, our designated drunk driver. Anyway, she's driving around and our, our, uh, my, my brother's, my brother's wife's vehicle. And she happens to be driving my brother around when his wife demanded that he stay home. So my daughter gets in the middle of it. And then when it comes time to bring my brother home, she gets completely yelled at by my brother's wife and she takes the car away from her. This is the car that we're borrowing for our trip, right? So my daughter gets the perception that I'm gonna be pissed at her for losing, for, for basically losing the car. Now we don't have a car. She comes in, she's crying, tears everywhere. She's like, I don't wanna tell you cause I'm so scared that you're gonna. And I was like, don't you know better than that yet? Like for me, it's like 7.30 in the morning. For her, it's the end of a long night with lots of alcohol and all kinds of crazy shit going on, all kinds of drama and all this other stuff. For me, I just had my yoga. I've been up at six. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm like, I'm sure whatever it is, it's going to be fine. So she tells me and I was like, I was like, really? That's what you thought I was going to get? I thought I, I was thinking like maybe it was going to be like you killed someone or something. And I was just going to be like, it's okay. <laughs> but, but I don't even care about that. I like that. I, I don't even like have it. Like that's not even a thing for me to forgive. <laughs> you lost the car. Um, and, and, you know, I noticed that, like, I set that emotion, like, I taught her to be afraid of me not approving of her from when she was early on, when she was a kid, you know. Um, I taught her to be afraid of my disapproval. So she was always afraid as a kid of my disapproval. And at the same time, she would be playing out patterns that would undoubtedly get my disapproval. That's the way it is. That's how it is. When you're afraid of that, you're just playing them out. You can't even help it. Um, so at one point I realized that I was making it all up, but you know, she's already like pretty old by then she's 29, you know, the, the first time, uh, the first big realization that I had was making it all up was 2014. So, um, that was only seven years ago. <laughs> so it's a, it's kind of been an unconditioning going through the process. Like whenever we come into connection with stuff, now it's more like she gets the perception that she's doing something. And, and from my point of view, there's nothing to even forgive. There's nothing even there to forgive. It's just like, uh, okay, that's just, here, let's have, lay down, let's have some essential oils, take a little nap. Um, you know, let, the, let that anxiety wear off. 
two times in the course we're, that we're over there in, in Vegas. It's afraid of my perception, afraid of what my perception is going to be. So I love it because it just gives me opportunities to show that no matter what, I'm demonstrating to my own mind, no matter what, I love you. You can't do anything to uh, fall out of that. You know, you can't do anything to deserve anything other than my love. And uh, my son lately, my, my kids have been really, whoo, they've been transforming hard lately. It's been so interesting. Um, so my big boy, who's like 19 years old, he was working at Target. I told you guys he was working at Target. He was working with a mask. And, uh, and he would go back and forth. Like some days he'd come home and go, gosh, that's so weird working around all those people. Like they're so different from how I grew up, you know, like Target vibe and some. And then sometimes he'd come home and go, you know what? You guys fucked up the way you raised me. Uh, it, you know, if it weren't for the right way I was raised, I would be able to relate with normal people. I just want to be a normal person. <laughs> so then there will be like this pissed off, like this mad, like, uh, you know, and so me and my husband, you know, we just, we just love it. We just, we, we just love him up through all of it. You know, we just keep on loving him up. And so, so then he, he tells me recently, he's like, yeah, I was having a real, real problem with you guys there. Um, when I went, you know, and yeah, like, I don't know, like a couple weeks ago, I was having a real problem with you guys there for a while, but then I realized that wasn't helping me at all. And I actually like you guys. Like, I like hanging out with you guys, and, you know, I don't want to work at Target anymore. And he quit his job at Target. <laughs> he put in his notice, um, and he started his own business. So now he's um, doing T-shirts. And in case you want to check out his design, his, his website is, um, his business name is Hell in Paradise. And, <laughs> and the web address is at thehellinparadise.com, because Hell in Paradise Apparently cost eighteen hundred bucks, and he didn't want to. He didn't want to pony it up. So, <laughs> but um, uh, but he's like he's like totally different story, totally different tune. First, it's just like, and you know, this is the thing too to know as parents, like. Um, any of you guys who haven't gone through this yet, maybe your kids are young and you're like, oh, these little fuckers are so cute. They're always going to love me. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait a little bit. (laughs) They are. They're always going to love you. They're going to show you some stuff and it's going to look like tough, tough love. (laughs) They're going to show you some reflections where it's going to be kind of tricky to see that they actually love you, you know. Um, like when my son, my son is really, he's, he's good. He's like good at roasting people and he's super good at roasting me too. You know, what's that? Good trait. Yeah. It's really good. And, 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 you know, it's like when you live with someone your whole life too, you kind of learn like what their buttons are and you can, uh, so he's always trying with me and I just love it. Uh, Like, (laughs) I like, like, even if I get, even if I get triggered for a second, I'll, and then I'll just come back and. He'll be like, sorry, mom, that was harsh. And I was like, no, I like it. Keep, keep doing it. And he's like, that was hard. I didn't mean it. I was like, it's okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but, you know, just like always like, uh, it just like wherever um, it can, you know, seem like you're not good enough. Uh, you're doing it wrong or not good enough. You know, my son is really good at that. In fact, there is, there is a point where he got, got it to where, um, you know, 
got my other son on the bandwagon to think he wasn't good enough. My guy who's 13 years old, right? Uh, so my 13... 30- my 13-year-old, he's a—he's basically, if you know what they are, um, there's a whole group of them around the world. They're called unschooling gamers. Okay, that's what he's been doing since his whole, and he's 13 now. And, and he's uh, uh, he, he basically loves to hang out in his room, um, on his computer, pretty much in the dark. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty dark. Yeah, pretty dark. Yeah, dark, dark, dim. Like he comes out, he's like, "Whoa, it's freaking bright out here." <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's pretty dark in there. Um, so my big son, right? So he starts feeling upset about himself. So the next thing you know, he starts projecting out on my little son. I fucked up with him, and now I'm fucking up with the little son too. Um, so he's like, "You fucked me up, and now you're fucking that guy up too." And I'm like, "Oh, really?" That's awesome. And you wrote that book, Unschooling for Parents, too. You got a, a book. My son, my son approached me like, like this. You got this book, and it's all about parenting, and you don't know what the fuck to do. And look at me. Look at him. I go, you guys look fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, he gets, so he gets the little son. <laughs> he gets in the little son's ear, right? He goes in there. He goes in his little son room, and he tells the little son, uh, yeah, you know, our parents are really screwing up with you. Yeah. <laughs> You're never going to be able to make it in the world. You're never going to amount to anything. And, uh, yeah, they're doing this to you, and you got to get out of it, dude. you got to get out of it. So, <laughs> so my little son, next thing you know, my little son, um, you know, he comes up. He's like, yeah, you know. You're a shitty parent. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> that seems to be the theme right now. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about it? And so, you know, and then he starts talking about it, like all the things I should do, like make him clean his room, um, stop buying him stuff whenever he says he wants things. I'm like, really? Um, and um, and and help him uh, and help him go to school. I'm like, do you want to go to school? And he's like, well, yeah, I want to go to school. And I go, oh, that's awesome. Let's send you to school. So we do all the stuff. You know, I, I go in and, yeah, what do I do? I got a kid who's never been to school and he's 13. How does he get in there? Been homeschooling him? him? No, he's been unschool. He's an unschooling gamer. <laughs> They're like, oh. Uh, they're like, oh, and, and he hasn't had any schooling. I go, no, but, you know, I know you guys do a test where you test people in. You guys are going to probably be putting him in high school or something right. when you date or whatever, college maybe. I don't know. Um, but you guys do those tests where you get in. He, he's going to be, like, jamming on those tests. He's, let's put him in at his age, eighth grade. They're all good. So do the whole thing. Comes time, he gets a vibe. He's like, I'm not going. It's the day before. I already got him five masks so he could change his mask every day. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and T-shirts and long sleeve shirts and the whole, the whole thing. Um, he's like, I'm not feeling it. And my husband and I are just like, fucking awesome, like to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Well, you don't have to go. That's the you know. That's what an unschooler. That's a, that's what an unschooler gets: freedom of choice. You don't have to go. Isn't that sweet? Aren't you glad we're such shitty parents? And there was no problem ever placing whatsoever, and the IQ developed 
pretty uh -huh. appropriately and sometimes more than appropriately and whatnot. Um, <laughs> video games are like video games are just like weird little like like matrixy like virtual like recompilation of this thing like fractured down like a smaller level. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like with while I was in the game, I was still like learning. You're learning, game, yeah. So to speak. Yeah. Um, and that's the cool thing that technology provides us these days. Um, but what the issues I ran into were um, the socialization was only ever virtual. And so learning to socialize again, like with real humans and human, the human interface mm -hmm. for me was difficult. But if right. I close my eyes, right. people's little facial expressions, all that sort of stuff that I didn't super get to learn mm -hmm. as, a, as a younger child with that like face-to-face -face socialization. Mm -hmm. I think it was different if you have a more stable family. You said husband and father. Oh, yeah. Oh, so that was more fractured. Than sure. Family unit sounds like. Yeah, I mean, basically, whenever whenever my son does come out of his room and show his face outside his room, <laughs> I'm just like, "Hey, what's up? What are you up to? What are you doing? You know, I'll just drop whatever I'm doing because I'm just happy to see him. You know, <laughs> I, I, hey, did you eat anything today? You know, <laughs> I asked him before too. Uh, I asked him, do you want me to, do you want me to make you food? Cause he was tired, you know, the shitty mom thing. I was like, do you want me to make you some food too? Cause I haven't been making any food. Um, it's whenever I want, I'll make some food. And, uh, and he goes, no, I don't want you to make food. And I'm like, awesome. I like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I mean, either way, either way, either way, either way. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, it was close to, it was really like the next day where he realized that he wanted something. And, um, I asked him, <laughs> if, that, I asked him that, if that thing about not buying him things is like, he's not worried about that anymore. He's like, oh yeah, that was nothing. It's all right if you buy me things. Again. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a younger brother. He's, he's, he's 20 years younger than me and similar thing, kind of older brother, Mom's fucking you up, kind of a deal. Before I came here, yeah, this is when I lived in Portland. Yeah. Um, and uh, how do I, you know, how do I separate myself from what I went through, right, with the fractured family unit yeah. and all that, and doing the non-school thing? Because they tried, but it was 26 different schools over K through 12, uh -huh. and every year is just fail, 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 fail. So getting that consistent failed report card due to the fact that the family unit is just so fractured and so dysfunctional at home and yet still trying to do the school thing but basically non-schooling you know what i mean at least mm -hmm. you guys picked a lane and stuck with it it sounds like we did um my <laughs> little brother they they picked the lane of non-schooling and then uh my mother really destabilized and, and is now experiencing visual and auditory hallucinations and can't quite stay grounded in reality she tried this like 40 day fast no food only water thing and it really just like you know she's kind of all over the place. yeah so all that all that stuff like all that scenario stuff that you're talking about it's kind of like this um this irritated or um or stressful energy kind of just like playing out on the surface kind of like buzzing 
you know, in your mind. Because all of this that you have a perception of, you're you're projecting it too. So True. yeah, so in noticing that that you're you're projecting it, so it's all coming with a feeling. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're getting a perception of it, you're feeling something. It's a it's a feeling first. So from the mind, the very first projection is a sense in the body sense, and then it projects as a thing, as an image, as this mom and this brother and this these different things. Yes. So as it's projecting like that, it's giving you an opportunity because you're getting the feeling. So as, yes, yes, the feeling is there. So all you have to do is embrace the feeling around it and let all those things take care of themselves. Everything will take care of itself. So another thing is you were, um, you know, your experience was meant to be very healing. And as soon as you're ready to see it as a healing experience, like yeah. all through your hot, your childhood, all that stuff, that's where you receive the gift. You receive the gifts when you accept that it was a healing and it's not, no one messed you up or anything. Like there, like even, even with a going through schools or anything like that, you made that because you wanted it because it's perfect for you because you can use it to see through the illusions that you made for yourself. And that helps everyone heal. That helps your whole, your mom and their, and your brother and all of your, all of those siblings. I noticed that how it ripples out through the whole family, the whole extended family, like everyone, because um, they they have interactions with you. Um, whenever they they have interactions with you, it's like they're they're able to open up to another um, level of seeing. And when you're there with all that compassion too, they feel that. And you know, to be there with compassion means allowing compassion for yourself. You cannot give what you don't have, what you haven't received for yourself. So in your allowing compassion for yourself, you're always going to be sharing that with anyone who you're interacting with because you're not holding this negative thing about it. See, when you get the perception that someone is being um, mistreated or whatever or something like that, like say that you're getting the perception that your brother's mistreated, misguided. you misguided, yeah. you need compassion in that moment. So if I allow myself to heal, if I allow that experience that happened that at the time it was painful, like working mm-hmm. out at the time. Yeah, painful, I know. Right. So it's basically exercise for the soul. Sort of is what you're saying. Yeah, and it was painful because of ignorance only. That's my, the only reason it was painful. Uh, yes, yeah, yes. Okay. Which is natural at childhood like states. You put yourself right into that. You wanted it because that's how you can forgive. It's something to okay. forgive. So now, if once I allow that, because I think I'm still, that's why I'm here, is trying to figure out how to heal through that. Mm-hmm. Um, once I get that healed, uh, once I heal that, then. Are you saying that when I now then go and am in proximity once again, because he's, you know, in the mainland, Mm -hmm. um, when I'm in proximity again, I will be able to see him going through things that I went through that hurt me, but I will not necessarily see that as something I have to protect him from. Right. You, you, yes, yes. Your older son goes through his phase of healing, which is, you know, whatever's going on with him. Right. He will then be able to come back to your and then he son. sees, and then he sees that the other son is doing awesome. He's doing awesome. Right. He's like, you know, the, the whole thing, it just, it's amazing how quickly these change. I love getting that kind of reflection, you know, just this like, um, 
there's this sense like, oh, it's so bad. And it's like, actually, you know, everyone, everything's awesome. Wow, this is so much easier that everything's awesome now that everything's awesome. Because everyone's getting exactly what they need. So in this kind of situation, irrespective of how the, how, you know, what you perceive of your mother, intact family, anything like that, you're the son in this one where it's, you know, your responsibility, especially since, you know, you know, you know it is. That's why you're looking for the, you're looking for the answer. Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah. So, so the, the one who knows the most, that's the one with the responsibility. The one who really can see through that, who's able to see through that, that's the one with the, the responsibility. And for you, it's just like this sense that what you got was wrong in the first place. Only it's like, because I'm comparing it to what I've seen other people get. If I take a step back and go, oh, well, you know, all that time I was put on video games, I wasn't out on the streets, you know, doing crack or, you know, whatever gang banging, which I could have easily been doing in the locations that I was at. So I guess if you look at it from that perspective, sure, like what I was going through is more or less like a state of like total like sheltered protection where you go into the thing and then you don't really move, you stay. Yeah. And that's what it felt like to me. But now that I've grown older, I got into bicycle touring, I realized the value to me for my own growth about roaming. I didn't know about roaming as a young child because I was, it was always like, okay, new place, new scenario family clamp down, protect, 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 oh no, more chaos, move again to escape previous chaos, clamp down, protect, 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 and that was my life pattern throughout my entire childhood, adolescence, early teen years, and then as soon as I emancipated myself from my mother legally, then I was able to go out and learn my own own, uh, endeavors, and when I did, I realized the thing that I was lacking was that roaming, that experience, you know, having one place to start my day, go out, explore everything around me, and then return to it, rinse and repeat until I explore my entire surrounding, sort of got bored, and then moved on to a new location. Um, well, that's fun. You get to do it. You get to do it at a different time. That's all. So you can look at you. You can look at you can look at the. Um, you can look at it like uh, comparatively speaking, like you know, yeah, it was better than gang banging or so, or something like that. And, you know, still, that's still the ego's game, like whether it's better because of this or, or worse because of that, right? You're still in the ego's game with that um, because what's to be seen is that it's perfect for you. And that doesn't matter if you see it as a benefit on the surface or not. Like I'm talking about, you know, say you cut, say you drive over here because you think you're having a retreat over here. You just like got all your stuff and you realize, oh shit, the retreat is actually on a different island. I'm not even going to make it to the retreat. (laughs) I mean, that's a benefit. Why is it a benefit? Because of what it's for. So nothing, there's no past, nothing happened in the past. Let's say nothing happened in the past. So there's nothing there. There's nothing, there's nothing there to bring up about the past. Whenever you're interacting with your family, it's right now. So whenever you're interacting with your family and you get a a triggered response, it's right now that you deserve compassion and you can allow it for yourself. And by allowing it for yourself, that's how it ripples. And, you know, it might be over time that you start to see the change occur. It might not happen for a time. Now, I noticed like with, with some people in my family, um, it used to always be where people would get into 
turmoil when they'd get together and then I'd be around and I'd and it would get really uncomfortable for me and maybe I'd get in the turmoil too or something like that um but but now I'm around my family and all this turmoil can erupt and it's like there's not there's there's no need for me to get involved in the turmoil there's no need there's no need I could see it all I could see the patterns playing out some people thinking they shouldn't be doing that. Some people thinking they should leave them alone and ha- let them have their own life. And, um, you know, and just not taking any of those kinds of sides and not being in any of that. And what I see is people start to get along. Um, it, it's like we, when we use our energy from like a, a phase one perspective as if everything's outside of ourselves, um, we, we unintentionally run around making conflict. Like... You should leave that guy, or you should leave the, the big thing that was up was my, my brother who actually who got married while I was out there, um, should leave his wife that he just married um, because she's a major pain in the ass, and she's saying that um, she's done with him anyways, and she's pissed at all of his friends. And so, you know, people are coming around with this kind of, with this kind of drama and this uppity energy, like, oh, she's so bad, she's so evil, and yeah. look what she does and all this stuff. And um, I go, well, I'm going to go over there and visit my brother. And, you know, when someone's been talking about someone, there's a certain kind of vibration. It's like this, there's a certain energy. They know, they, they can tell. Um, so I was listening to my, one of my sisters talk about it. And, uh, and I just kept on taking in the energy, just feeling the energy and not getting involved in the conversation, though. You know, just like feeling the energy. And then if my sister had an opening for any kind of teaching or anything like that, um, uh, you know, a couple instances, I might share, you know, you, you know, your sister-in-law, she's a projection of your mind, right? So you're thinking of her in this way. That's really about yourself, you know. Um, but my sister wasn't in a real good state of mind to grab the, grasp that at the moment. So she was doing the things, and I was just feeling that stuff. You know, I was just feeling it all. So we go into the house, and it's a really interesting energy. I could sense a sort of like a wall of defensiveness, but I'm not scared of it at all. I'm not scared of this wall. There's this wall of defensiveness. That's easy. Um, and, and, my, and I see my brother, and I see them, and I just like... Uh, say hi and love them up give them hugs and stuff um they don't mention anything about anything and you know the day before it was like oh how could you have done that to akea my daughter right it was like i'm taking that car back and my daughter's like left on the street to like fend for herself that was her story that was the perception she got and 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 people were like oh you shouldn't have done that to her and stuff like that and so i'm her mom right so i'm going over there and (laughs) I don't even mention it to him. We're like talking about all kinds of different things, but just like having like a really like loving, uh, compassionate kind of vibe. Um, because I understood that they're going through something too in their relationship, you know, and you can see that it's almost like there's this tension going on and just kind of like allowing everything to unfold. And, and, and then when it, it comes up about my daughter in the car, I go, Oh yeah. Hey, Thanks for letting us borrow that car. That was freaking awesome, you know. Uh, and 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 uh, and yeah, it was a great car. I hope we t- I hope you got it back in a really good order. And she's like, Oh yeah, I did. Maybe you have some stuff in there that you want to check out. I got. She's like, Yeah, it looks way better than when I gave it to you guys. <laughs> Apparently, when I got it, when I got the car, or we got the car, um, 
there was barf in it. And I wasn't allowed to see it. I was shielded from that. I love that. And my family shielded me from seeing the barf in the car. They took it to the car wash first. <laughs> so, and then it, it just made me come out smelling like a rose because I'm returning a car like way better than condition. It's got no barf in it. <laughs> so, so the, yeah. So, I'm curious because I have I have a twin. Oh, shit. Uh -huh. She doesn't talk to me. I have to go over here because she's she's not sure what I'm doing. Her auntie thinks I'm a cult leader. Awesome. We got a couple of those around here. That's me too. We have so much in common. She merged cults. She had a cult to me. She won't talk to me. My mom literally says that she hates my that she told me that my sister hates me. Oh, that's so sweet. And then my sister, my mom, blocked me because she like said something about somebody who got who hadn't got the vaccine and I was just like, Mom trying to explain something to her. She didn't like the explanation. She blocked me because I'm like I'm sure to my mom because my mom's very passive like I've never in a million years guessed she would have Yeah. So I'm like I'm sad and I'm like trying to like I guess like this is like what you just said to him was that's a projection of she she's playing out a projection of me. No, mm -hmm. Yeah, you're you're projecting the you're projecting the whole scenario, and it's so that you can get that kind of energy. There's a feeling reaction that's coming in that, and there's this sense too. There's also a sense that what you think is true about COVID and all that stuff is really true, and none of it's true. That's the other part. So people are going to sense that energy like you're trying to push something on them because you're really committed to your point of view. They're also committed to their point of view. So when those two clash, it's like that. So, you know, it, for, for me, the way I look at it is any point of view I have, it's based on conditioning. It is not true. It's, it's like the same, like if I think that um, the vaccine is dangerous, for instance, that's based on my conditioning, what I have seen, what I have, it, it sounds reasonable to me, fine. It sounds just as reasonable to another person that's safe and effective. And that's, and, 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 and you know, I know. And I see how your eyes do that like that. Their eyes are doing the same thing on the other side. They think that's fucking crazy that you could be like, you, you know, I'm not taking that thing. It's poison. They think that's just totally crazy. So, yeah. So, so, so the thing is, it's up to us to really just sink into being nothing with our friends and with our family. Just being nothing if they want it to be if, if they want to have it a certain way if they want to get the vaccine you know my son got the vaccine he, my 19 year old got the johnson and johnson vaccine and guess what you know where he was this weekend the hospital <laughs> isn't that for fun <laughs> he happened to get the blood clot in his asshole coming out as a hemorrhoid <laughs> No, I'm not kidding. It was really fun. <laughs> I looked at it with a flashlight. That was oh. amazing. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> Those things look crazy. Well, it's like it's like a it's a it's like pressure. It's like 
Yeah, it's sort of like that. And, and you know, my son is really wild. His name is Blaze. You know, I named him Blaze. Me and my husband uh, thought that would be a good name for him. And it really does fit because he, like, <laughs> blazes through things. So he, he, he looked at that hemorrhoid like it was a pimple, and he decided that he would pop it. Oh, my. Yeah. So, <laughs> so then he's at the hospital. He said that was, he thought it was really fun at the hospital. He's vaccinated, so he can get right in. He's like... Yeah, I can go wherever I want. I got all the freedoms. I, I just, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and you said yes. Yeah. I said, which one? I said, Moderna. They said, when was your last shot? I said, May, mid-May. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. I just had a, no, I, I had a lot of rock following me. And it was, yeah, yeah and I was just like driving to the hospital with them. You say yes, and I got it, and this is what it is. And I just, whatever they're yeah. asking, sure, yes. Yeah. Blue shot? And I was like, no, weird, right? And I got the one in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely fine. Stitch me up, good to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tell me what to say. I'll go say it. Yeah. So, 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 you know, it's not like, it's not like lying is right or wrong or anything like that. And also, when, yeah, it's not, it's, there's no, there's not a, there's not any problem with it at all. And I just wanted to point out that when your mind is, is purified, you have no need for dishonesty. Like there's just not a need for it. It's like, oh, my arm's bleeding and I can't get in here because I don't have a vaccine. I'm going to be fucking awesome. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for not letting me in. This is like exactly what I needed to have an experience of. It's a, it's perfect. See, and so so it's like it's not like a, it's not like there's a there's a right or wrong to anything, and it never like you should be further along than you are because you want to let everything come naturally. Let it all be natural, coming out natural, right? So you can see it. the the word The worst thing you can do is hide shit from yourself. And that's, and that's what we do because we try to put on, and it's funny because we put on a facade that we want other people to see. And there aren't any other people because the people will reflect back to us what we think we want to see about ourselves. That's the whole reason we're putting anything on for other people. We're hoping that you will reflect back what it is that I want to see in myself, right? Um, so so there's, no, there's, there's no need to be one bit of concerned about how other people are going to see you just in allowing other people to see you however they do because it's fucking perfect for you. Hope, I think you are a fucking idiot. Thank you. Thank you for letting me know. I'm happy I can provide that per- perception for you. You know. So what do you think about happiness? For where, for where we're at right now. What do I think about it for myself? Well, or because, what do you mean? I mean, what do you think about it? Because right now, it's millions of people are, are, are standing up protesting around the world. And I think that's really important for us to stand up for our freedom, to go into stores without masks, to explain to business owners and minds of our rights and of their rights, which they don't know about. Yeah. Yeah, so nothing's important here, basically. So, so, that, so that voice that says, I think it's important, is trying to justify action. You don't need to justify action. Action is taking care of itself. It's perfect. 
So what do I think about it? It's perfect. As long as it's unfolding, it's perfect. And you know, it's going to be perfect for the ones that are stand are standing up and being called for, to activism. It's going to be perfect for them. They're going to get all the perfect lessons they need. There, it's not. It's not that it's important in and of itself. It's important to the awakening. It's not important because it's going to help us to be more free. It's important to our awakening so we recognize that we are already free. That's really what it's for. It looks like it's going after um, like governments and stuff like that and say, hey, give us our fucking freedom, man. You know, which is no, no problem. It's a, there's just really no problem with that either way. And certain individuals are going to be called to it. Others aren't. It's a total play. We don't have a choice in it. So, the, so there's no, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not good. It's not bad. It's the, what, what is, what is a blessing is the willingness to go through whatever it is with a calm mind with a calm and peaceful mind and the only way the mind can be calm and peaceful is in recognition that no threat is real i'm not important here really there's nothing for me to do in that way you're able to have fun and bring that joy to whatever it is they they that you do the joy is gonna is gonna make the illusion of time shrink it's like it shortens time. The joy, being in joy, shorten time. You know, you know, you're, you know, time flies. Time flies when you're having fun, right? Yeah, it's just an illusion. It's just an illusion that's gonna make it go way easier. So, so Michelle, it's like you know, you're 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 doing all this uh, all this awesome stuff, or you think you're doing all this stuff. You're not actually doing anything. You're having a dream that you're doing something. So it's only when you take the doing as if it's personal that it puts a burden on you and it also puts a conflict between yourself and your other your, your other relations that's all it is it's like taking this thing as if it's real as if this world as you're interpreting it is a reality um and so that's what's always making the conflict it doesn't mean you know Number one, remember number one for me anyways, make no attempt to analyze yourself. So you don't have to analyze yourself at all. All there is is loving and whatever my actions are, whatever this activism is that's coming out, it's blessed. It's fully blessed. You know, um, I don't have to justify it. No, people would ask me, Hope, um, uh, it, Hope, do you really think that... Um, that the COVID mandates are a problem. And I said, no, they're a blessing. Then why are you doing something against the COVID, the COVID actions? I go, it doesn't mean that I can't get the perception of myself doing something against it just because I, I'm glad that it's there. It's only there for the play to go on. How's the play going to go on? How's the play going to happen? You know, I have a legal background. This was fun for me. No, <laughs> Paralegal. Yeah, this was, I mean, immediately when I saw um, the thing after it, probably two weeks, just like you, after the two weeks, I was like, okay, this is totally illegal. Where are the peeps stepping up to this thing? So, you know, it's like, since I have a legal background and then um, my husband and I were just having so much fun with it because my 13-year-old son, he got so scared at first. He's not nearly as scared anymore, but he was wearing a mask around the house for probably the whole year, whole first year. Same with 
mine. With yours too. Yeah. Isn't it yeah. funny? It's like the kids are like, and what happened to you, Bucca? She was just held on to that fear. She begged me to get vaccinated, like the whole thing. <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. I was going to say really quick too on the healing part. With my 13-year-old, she did the same thing. She dove into the video games and all that. And she wouldn't come out of her room in the dark. And I had all these feelings. Yeah. I had so much judgment. I had so much worry Mm -hmm. and concern. She's not going to be a well-rounded human being or be anything. All this stuff. It was hard. I, I didn't like it one bit, what she was doing. Did you read my book, Unschooling for Parents? I'm working on it. Okay, because that's in there. All these thoughts are telling her that she's not right as she is. Mm. And I started to release it. And and I didn't even say anything to her. Like it wasn't, it was energetic. Yeah. And next thing I know, like I let go of all that worry. She's coming out of her room. She's Mm -hmm. engaging. She's doing things. Her fear is going away. And it was like all energetic. It wasn't Mm -hmm. even me saying, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I screwed up by having feelings about you being in your room. I didn't say anything. I just let go of it in myself. Exactly. And started seeing her as Yeah, so if you want to come perfect. by and check them she's out. Fine how um, she is. She's figuring her stuff out. Um, and now and now she's just like, like house, <laughs> blossoming. She's through, being perfect. And she's less um, she hasn't mentioned getting vaccinated. Yeah. That's with my thirteen year old too. He kinda of dropped the subject. He he wanted to get vaccinated at first and um, my husband said, Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm going to stop this from normally, you know, it's like, I'm just like, oh, you want to get vaccinated? Sure. That thing doesn't have any effect. You can get vaccinated all you want, man. Um, the effect is, is only to fear, really. Um, and my husband goes, I'm going to say no to this one. I, I, I feel like I have to say no. And, um, and also, uh, I would say yes if he was willing to go over the ingredients with me and look at what normally you know those are used for and when what, what kind of things they are so you know said hey all you have to do is go over the ingredients of the vaccine with your dad and you can get the vaccine and he's like meh meh i'm good <laughs> sounds like a 13 year old right I, yeah, i'm good on that what oh yeah okay okay so um so he he eventually he eventually started to come out of his room. At first he was I don't know if you know about this Michelle, but when I was first doing it, I had all those pamphlets and stuff. He was cutting them and ripping them and strewing them all over the yard. He was like getting all up in my shit. He, and then he was and then he was printing and then it was printing papers that, that that were calling us a Karen and telling us to wear a mask and using a lot of black toner. Like the whole top of it was like black with the words being white. Right. Oh and, and, uh, and, 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 and like, I'm going, well, and then the next thing, you know, I go to my computer and all of my, um, reopen Hawaii file, it's just gone. It just disappeared. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Are you bringing it to me? So the first thing I, you know, I like get like really taken aback and I go, Oh, this is great. I know I need this, you know, and just like really experiencing the pattern and stuff. And go, okay, um, okay, well, and I realized I use, I use Dropbox, so Dropbox notices that a whole file just got deleted. It's going to save it over in a cloud somewhere and go, hey, do you want to restore that thing? So I just went and restored it, got it right back, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. And so I, 
I watch him and he's walking by me. And every time he walks, walks by me, I notice he's looking at me because he wants me to be upset or something. <laughs> he did not want me to be, that 13 year old did not want me to be doing that activism. It was so cute. So then I had a, after that, I had a little tag that said I was medically exempt. And then he, and then he cut that in half. So then when I saw that, so I go, okay, I go in his room. I like knock on the door. I'm like, Hey bro, this, and I go, I'm not coming in here and sabotaging your video games, am I? (laughs) No. And I go, yeah, I'm just asking for the same kind of respect here. And he's like, he got it. Like, he just looked at me. He's like, and he didn't say anything. (laughs) He just got it. He's like, stop doing all that shit. (laughs) Completely stop sabotaging. I'm like, do you want me to come in here and erase your progress on whatever you're playing? Oh, <laughs> yeah, he knows. What, he knows what that means. Work. He knows what that means. That's like way worse than the reopen of Hawaii one. <laughs> not that I would even do it. It was just like funny. I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna come in here and sabotage your stuff. And he's like, kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay. And so. Um, yeah. Still, there's been no hugs since last August. And I got to tell you, I love that just because I love that. Number one, he doesn't like taking a shower very often. So he's super stinky right now. Um, and number two, I just love that he has the freedom to say, no, I don't want to hug. And um, it's not like, oh, but you have to hug me. I'm your mom. I want to feel your soft, squishy, mushy body on me. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's like that third. Ah, ah. <laughs> it does sound really good, but I'm I'm more happy that he he can say no. I don't want you to touch me. I don't want him. You know, when he was uh when he was four, he would tell people fuck you all the time. Like people would, people would walk up and go, oh, what a cute little guy, and he'd hit him. He'd actually hit him. He'd hit him and go fuck you. And they look at me. Yeah, they would look at me, and they and I look at him and. I'd go, that's between you guys. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just the bystander. <laughs> Tell that my four-year-old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, people would be at, the farmer, I'd be at the farmer's market, and I'd go, and someone would go, hey, I'm looking for a ride to such and such. I'd go, oh, I, I can give you a ride. Do I have to sit next to your kid, though? And I was like, yeah, you can't handle him. He's going to be in a car seat strapped down. <laughs> things that he says is like too much <laughs> but I asked him about that I, I, I asked him about that if he remembers that and he was like he was like yeah that's just weird that people just come up and think they can fucking touch me that's just I, of course I said fuck you to them I'm like of course you did <laughs> like, that was weird that they thought you know and you know he's like he's just like wired like that and uh, as a little kid, I'm sure he's like thinking, man, this big person is coming up trying to touch me, man. Fuck you. You know? It is weirdly. It is odd that we think it's okay. Yeah. Let me just come up and fuck your hair up. Yeah. Just come and fuck your hair up a little bit. You're a kid. <laughs> You know, when I was growing up, other people would slap you upside the head if you were doing something like weren't even your parents. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd see you in, in a store doing something, and they'd like slap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, I, you know, it's all for fun. And, and the thing is, if you can remember to have fun, and that's the thing, just watch yourself. When you don't remember to have fun, you take something seriously, watch yourself. Watch how it plays out when that happens. The more you're watchful, look, all of the learning, all of the information comes through seeing, comes through awareness. So there's nothing for you to do. There's no homework or anything like that. You're just going to be naturally inspired toward this as you get this scent of awakening and what it takes to awaken um, to the truth of who we are. It's just automatically going to keep on opening, opening you up more. And that's what these joinings are for. So you can see different things kind of like direct you in towards your inner teacher to open up to your inner teacher more who's always speaking to you and always giving you something inspiring to go on, right? It's just that the cares of the world seem to be more important. It's not true. So we can just all go through and get, and, and, you know, get more and more um, back to our innocence, which is what we are. And that's, you know, that's, that's basically God's judgment of you, right? So what is your stupid-ass judgment compared to that about how you're not doing it? Or, or, or even to make a question about it, even to ask, even to ask, am I doing it right? Am I good enough? Even to ask, am I this? You'll have other people come up in your life and tell you, hey, you know what? You're this. Let yourself get the feeling. That's all about them. That has nothing to do with you. Let yourself get the feeling. Whatever feeling you got, that's what you thought it was about that had to do with you. Uh, so you can be thankful for everything that people tell you, all the reflections, always talking to yourself. Myself, when I'm here, Wisdom Dialogues, I'm always talking to myself. I'm always teaching my own mind. You use your perception of me for teaching your own mind in your own way with your inner teacher. And we all have the same inner teacher. Isn't that beautiful? Yay. I love you. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I was because I just got back. I just got from Kona. I was doing a silent um, Aloha Freedom prayer dance at the mouth of the harbor uh, for sunset, and I'm going to be doing one here tomorrow. Five to seven. Freedom prayer dance. Hawaiian sanctuary. I won't be here. I'll be in Kona. Actually. Yeah. No, I'm going over there to to sink in with a girlfriend. Girls' time. Girlfriend who's a full-on vaxxer. Oh, really? Yeah. Do I know her? You might. Gail Lynn. She's, a, she's actually Kahala Mountain, like above Kauai High. Okay. Yeah. It's all Kona to me over there. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm over here. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be over there with her. We're going to be sinking in. Good. Basically, it's like two days of wisdom dialogues when we're together. And she's a full-on vaxxer, Biden-loving kind of. It doesn't matter to me. I'll sleep with her. I'm not going to, like, get sexual with her or anything. Probably. I don't know. I actually don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I got to keep it open. I got to keep it sealed, really. I do. I mean, I, I mean, I, I have seen myself like go like uh, 27 years with one dude, um, not kissing or stroking or anything else with anyone else, um, and and you know, it's it's like, did I plan on doing that? No, I didn't. I didn't plan on doing that. It's just like a day-to-day thing. <laughs> it's like fuck. You're still there. 
I woke up and there you are. You're still awesome too. Let's keep cruising. It's so cute though. Whenever I'm feeling a lot of field, my hands are like. Oh yeah, that's good. Good one. Oh yeah. Such a lockup in the body. That's really that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. I started there too. I started. I started with hands and feet because it's easy to recognize. This, I would do this. Yeah, I get tight. Yeah, I get tight, and then uh, yeah. That one, like in yoga, where you're doing the forward fold, um, and there's a certain release that you get way down here. That's an area I notice. I can just like feel some releases right there. We tend to hold in the column too. The hands and the feet are kind of like that, the extensions of it, but we're holding in the center. It like we're, whenever a thought occurs to us, it's a, it's a manifestation of a holding, it's a trip. Unless it's a thought of God, if it's any thought about the world, good or bad, it's a manifestation of something that's being held in the body's energy field. Uh, and when you watch that, it's like, oh, it's okay to just let all the thoughts subside and feel what it feels like to have no thoughts. Wow, that's really loose. It's like this fear of the noticing, like the thoughts in the world, oh, I care about that. Right. You are the richness in every experience. Yeah. And then it's rich. Yeah. That's it. That's right. You are you are the riches, you are the fun. That's another thing, you guys. You know, it pleases God. You it pleases God, the creator, that you have fun. That you have fun. Uh, it, through through your having fun, your learning is going to go amazing. So it's like whatever, you know, you, you, you sense that, you sense that, oh, this isn't comfortable for me. And you think that you have to do something that's not comfortable for you. You don't. You absolutely don't. You don't have a choice, you don't have a choice in what you're doing. But you're the only one who decides whether you have to do something. And you're not even capable of doing anything. But you decide in your mind and that's what's made manifest. Whatever's made manifest, you wanted it there. You wanted it like that. Um, so yeah, yeah. That's why I like, like, you know, whenever I was going through the activism stuff, of course, I would be thinking of stuff like um, Joe Biden more often and um, Bill Gates and stuff like that. And I just like allowing all this compassion to be flooding whenever they're they're coming into my perception um, because. They are doing everyone a favor. They're not out there being, they're not outside of ourselves, for one. Um, gosh, yeah, better them than me. I don't want to be that exactly. fucker. That's like, right. that's, <laughs> <laughs> like, really. Like, Jesus Christ, thank you for holding that yeah. aspect of me so I don't have to be that shithead. Fucking thank you. Yeah, thank you. the grace of God go I. Like, fuck. Yeah, thank you for yeah. just letting me be this lady. Yeah. You know, I'll be this doing like essential oils and wisdom dialogues. Yeah, Joe yeah. Biden, the Joe Biden thing, like thanks. You know, that thing is is awesome. Uh, it's it's all it's all a setup for uh, our awakening, and we wanted it. We want it like this. So the fact that we're experiencing kind of like an end of timey kind of thing, 
It is. It's like a symbol. It's like it's the end of time. You're coming to the end of time. Don't hold on to it longer. Let it go. Let it go. Let all this stuff play out the way it plays out. Let the world spin off into nothing because it is nothing. Yay. Hooray. So, hooray. All right. I'm going to turn the recording off now. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I think I'm going to turn it off. There's